Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of our podcast. We're so excited to have you. I just wanted to make a few quick notes before the beginning of this episode. First, as you can tell, we do not have a studio, and so we record everything in our own houses. Because of that, you can definitely hear one of my puppies in the beginning of this episode because she was just sick and tired of listening to us record two episodes back to back. I promise it isn't for the entire episode, but just wanted to make that note and say, uh, yeah, my bad on that. But I really tried my best in the editing booth, which is my apartment. Second, we have an Instagram and Twitter now. You can follow us at Last Black Avatar on both. And you can email us any questions you have that you want us to answer on air at lastblackavatar at gmail.com. And lastly, we're on a bunch of streaming sites now. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, which is super dope. If you're really feeling us, follow us on your favorite streaming site so you can get updates when we post. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts and you want to slide us a little review, that'd be super dope. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, we'll be starting this episode in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to The Last Black Avatars Podcast. My name is Avery, and I am joined once again with my co-host, Corbin. Corbin, how you living? Yeah, 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 we back at it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, really happy to be back on the show and uh, just talk about Avatar. I could really talk about Avatar all day and tomorrow, so this is exciting. I'm really happy to be in dialogue with other people that are watching for the first time or who have been fans for years. So here we go. Yeah. And so for listeners at home, this will feel like it's been a week since we recorded the last episode, but truly it is three minutes later after finishing the first episode, (laughs) we are truly plowing on through. And so this one will be episodes six through 10. And so once again, I am watching this for the first time. And so we are trying to stay spoiler free. So we will not be talking about anything past these first 10 episodes. I have not watched anything past these first 10 episodes so far. I haven't read anything. I haven't texted anyone about it. I sometimes see TikToks about Avatar, but I send them straight to Corbin without watching them very much. (laughs) But That is what we were coming into this episode with. And so we can get started. So the first episode we're talking about is episode six, Imprisoned. And yeah, so they end up at this small camp. Well, they start camping out close to this small Earth Kingdom town or whatever, because they're still on their journey. And they see this young little cute boy. He's moving all these rocks and stuff. And Katara literally is like, yo, what's poppin' to this boy? And that nigga dips. He <laughs> he just disappears. He says, and you don't really know for a little bit. <laughs> Bye, girls. Um, and so he's out of there. And they were like, what is his problem? I don't understand. And so basically, <laughs> basically, they find out that his name is Haru because they go into the town. They're bartering. There's a part where Aang is trying to buy a hat with some nuts that he found in the forest or that Sokka found in the forest. Yeah, because they were trying to find some food. And I was like, you didn't have no food from the last place y'all went? No. But I don't also don't know how long it's been since they like, like if they right next to uh, Umashu, like they should have been had some food. Like I feel like Boomy would have given them like a bunch of food. (laughs) You know? 
That's a good point. Because we talked about in the last episode that they have no money. They have no food. They have no supplies. And I'm wondering about their clothes because sometimes they like lose their packs and stuff like that randomly. And they don't really address it. Like, <laughs> and they just keep it moving. They're like, oh, shit, we lost our stuff. Whatever. <laughs> like, So I feel like they've just been wearing the same clothes this whole time. I they think have that's been. canon. Yeah. That's nasty. <laughs> there was never a scene of them <laughs> packing bags. They never take a bag. I just no yeah. soap. They don't wash their legs, and you know the like, young kids. Like young kids don't normally have the best hygiene, and so it, it just sure concerns me. It don't. They. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> but anyways, Haru is hot. They stumble upon him. Um, he's super. Hot. I think all of these random guys that they find in the forest, I think, are super hot. But he says that the squad's fits were whack as fuck. I took note of that. He was like, mm, see how they're dressed? Um, and basically... I just, just want to note, like, right here, I hate the fact that he goes home and Katara runs up in his house. <laughs> and it's like, I just saw you earthbending. And I was like, why would you just run in somebody's house like that? Like, that's so well, it rude. Looks like, it kind of looks like it was supposed no. to be a store. That's what I was assuming. I thought it was a store. That's just, mm-mm. Mm, like if that's listen, if house. I was oh, if it was a store, I feel like that's different. But still, like you don't just run in somebody's house like that. Like that's so weird. And then I think, uh, then she's just like questioning him in front of his mom. I was like, yeah, who do you think you are? Snitch <laughs> <You're laughs> like, this man. You don't know his business. You don't know their relationship. Why are you doing this? Um, But that's also where we get a little bit more context about this town. So basically, the Fire Nation has been there for the past five years, mooching off the fact that they have these coal mines. And Haru basically says that the town is too much of a cat, like a bunch of cowards and are too scared to fight back. Um, But when they show the Fire Nation niggas, so one of them comes into their house and talks about how the tax has been raised and is mad disrespectful to Haru's mama and takes their money <laughs> um, and just has like a ball of fire in his hands, like threatens the fact that if you don't pay this tax, we could just literally burn your shit down right now. And so I made it up that was like, Haru said they're too much of cowards, but that man had fire. Like <laughs> he just had a fucking ball of fire that is so easily like able to spread. Like I understand so much why the Fire Nation is the one that's kind of the antagonist in terms of the bending elements because i just think that fire is so much harder to control over time like you can really just burn up that whole fucking city in like two seconds um and so basically you find out that they've been collecting or i guess arresting and imprisoning all these earthbenders in the town so that they can't fight back um, and at first, you don't really know what happens to them because Haru's like, they took my daddy. They took all of the earthbenders. Like, Happy Father's Day, by the to, way. Right. All the days. It, it's today's right. Father's Happy Day. Happy Father's Day to his daddy with his smooth ass voice. But he <laughs> basically tells them that they've been kidnapping all these earthbenders and they don't know really what's happening. And I have a note that's like, where the fuck are all the earthbenders? Are they dead? <laughs> like, no, they and, got arrested. Well, because they don't tell you until the end of, not the end, but when they show them in the prison, like, I don't think they emphasize that they're not dead because they're like, we don't know what happens to them. Like, I don't know where the fuck they are. 
And so, yeah, they end up staying with them and they allow them one night to stay with them. Also, sorry, listeners at home. I have a puppy in the background who is (laughs) whining. But they are able to stay the night. And I love the shot of Appa eating the hay because he just like is munching and then he stops and looks over. <laughs> and it was just a like, long stare. It was too. a long it was like stare. Ten. And then he just starts eating the hay again. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I loved that moment for Appa. That was good. That was great comedy right there. I'm glad that you find Appa funny. I did in that shot. That shot really got to me just because they were like, promise that Appa won't eat all of it. And Appa's like, mm. I just want to let y'all know <laughs> that I am an Appa stan. Um, Appa is the best character besides Katara on the show. Um, he literally carries the entire show. He is great. So if you're an Appa stan. He literally is carrying the entire show. He on yes. his back. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to pick a top character right now. Hmm. It's kind of hard to say. It's hard to say. I think. Uh, I think I really do like Zuko as a villain. Like I like the fact that he's just so angry and angsty all the time. I think that that's really fun. I think he's a fun villain to watch. Uh, like those people that you're like, clearly they're not a good person at this point in the story, but like, they're just fun to watch. Like, I feel like he's engaging and I enjoy his story arcs as much as I enjoy the major squad, the gang. See, I honestly don't think that like, I think now that I'm realizing that I've never, I don't really see Zuko as being a villain. I really feel like because of the way things mm-hmm. are going, like he was banished by his dad and sent on this wild goose chase Which to go find wild. the Abba. Yeah, with his <laughs> uncle who, you know, we, we learned things about later on. But, you know, for two years and he's like around the world searching for the Avatar and, you know, is just able to find this thing to prove that he has some type of honor, like, you know, Later on in the show, like, you know, we we were introduced to his sister and she's much more like insidious. She's much more, you know, abhorrent. She's terrible. So, I mean, (laughs) there's her and then there's Zuko. But I I definitely feel like if you're watching like the first 10 episodes, like I can see like how folks would be like, oh, I hate this nigga. Like he's 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 terrible. But I mean, I also am still. But he doesn't feel like he's terrible because he's a terrible person like he because it's interesting because he's obviously doing bad things or is in a position of being a villain if he really wanted to be but when they show him in comparison to other people from the fire nation like them niggas are way more evil and mean than he is um and i also think it's interesting that he's actually a really Mm. good tracker like he's been really Especially in these first 10 episodes, he's really able to keep up with them and able to just figure stuff out. You said two things. You said two things. So you said one thing is that he's a very good tracker. And the second thing is that there's a lot of people that are much more terrible than Zuko is that uh, that are part of the Fire Nation. I just want you to remember those two things. Oh, gosh. Okay. Those are very, those are very uh, vital parts to his story. Oh, cool. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's why it was easier for me to find him interesting because he doesn't seem as much of a kind of 
villain archetype where it's just a villain who's a villain because they're a villain like (laughs) there's a little bit more to his story even though Mm -hmm. like it's a very one track story of like i just want honor but like it just doesn't seem like his heart is really in this evil shit um which is really interesting to me and then i think second would be Sokka. i think that Sokka, especially in the jet episode really solidified himself as like my second favorite just because and i think i off rip wanted to like Sokka, um and so it's good to see even in these first 10 episodes his small character development and um yeah i think he's dope i think Sokka is cute and stuff but he he also like still gets on my nerves just a little bit you know they all have characteristics <laughs> that i would rather do without but they're also again children like every time i watch this i'm like yeah they are like Katara are a is child 15. <laughs> like i probably would be acting the same way if this was my like real life and so yeah oh my god where were we we were talking about uh Haru and Katara. Oh. Yeah, how he gets trapped under that coal mine. Yeah, so they're hanging out. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're hanging out and they see this guy get trapped under a coal mine, this old guy, and they're trying to hold back the coal and the collapsed mine from crushing him and Katara's trying to pull him out. And she's like, we should get help. And Haru's like, nigga, we don't have time to get help. <laughs> like, this nigga is dead. And Katara was like, use your earth bending like save his life no one is around which probably the right choice i would probably do the same thing and i wrote haru haru is strong as fuck (laughs) um and he blasts like the entire collapsed mine through the mine which i wrote down how would they not notice that a collapsed mine is blown the fuck back because like (laughs) i don't know how that would have happened i don't know because it's already collapsed so then how would the rest of it not just collapse because there's still a hole there after they do it okay and i just and i know it's a kid show and i know it's a cartoon and i probably shouldn't be thinking so deep into it but i was like wait what just i was like what if you just come up and notice that there's a whole part of the mind that's blown back and whatever i don't whatever but this thing cleaned out this thing cleaned out thick <laughs> and span and i just thought that was wild as fuck what is it called haru if haru had a nickname i would call him pepto pepto bismol because he was able to clear i'm sorry i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. he'd be that type of dude that comes like i'll clear this bitch out and does i'm sorry you canceled (laughs) and that's the end of this podcast everybody (laughs) that'd be wild if i just wrapped it up and then there was no more episodes just goes off as this goes away right just gotta go don't even edit the episode i just upload it straight up and so katara's like they come back to this the place where the squad is staying at haru's house and she's telling the squad like yeah haru did this thing it was so brave wow my puppy is going off but she's like he's so strong it was amazing oh my god he's so brave and he's totally hot and then they all go to sleep but in the middle of the night they the fire nation kind of pulls up 
and snatches him. They snatch Haru up because that old man was a snitch. Sure was. For no reason. And I don't understand why, because he doesn't seem to be the Fire Nation. And and there's one thing I wanted to to kind of like, I noted this in the, like, is okay, who's worse? This guy that snitched on Haru or that black dude from Queen and Slim that turned them in? Oh, uh, the black guy from Queen and Slim. Okay. I mean, I feel like, I feel like they're both the same, you know, because it's like, he didn't, he didn't like, he was hoping that they get arrested. I didn't think, I don't think that he knew that they would get killed, you know, in the movie. I feel like he knew that. I feel like he didn't care that they were going to get killed. I feel like the black guy in Queen of Slim makes me more sad and is more insidious because he also had that whole conversation with them. Smokes a blunt with them. <laughs> yeah, smoked a blunt with them, which you could say is like, oh, looking out, y'all about to get shot the fuck up. Maybe you might as well get high. <laughs> but he really like felt like he was building a bond and he knew that they were like these influential people like to the world because everyone was watching their story and really gave them up. And it just, yeah, that hurt my heart because I don't think because I remember when we first watched it when I first watched it when I walked out I didn't realize that he had put like he had ratted them out and so it hurt even more after it ended that I was like oh what the fuck he did that shit and that really hurt my heart because I was very confused this is also a queen and slim spoiler by the way I'm so sorry oh (laughs) it's okay I feel like everyone has seen it that is going to be listening into this podcast. That's if you really haven't seen awkward. it, then you're whack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I just have many feelings about Queen and Slim and why I don't actually like it. But whatever, I that's a podcast for another time. Yes, <laughs> where I can get into why I don't like that movie and why it was unnecessary to show certain shots that they showed. Which, if you've seen it, you probably know exactly what shots I'm talking about. But. Back to this snitching ass nigga. (laughs) He tells on him. He runs and is a whole tattletale. And they snatch him up. And so Katara just feels so hurt when she wakes up and realizes because she's going to get some water. And she sees his mama just looking out over a cliff, just sad, just heartbroken. And she just like turns (laughs) and looks back at Katara with this heartbroken face. And Katara just knows and she drops the water jug. And she's like, oh, shit, I ruined all of this. So then it was all her fault. It was literally all her fault. And... So she comes up with this plan to save Haru by also getting herself arrested for earthbending, which this scene, (laughs) this scene annoyed me only because, and I also made a note, like, do they not care about waterbending? But then they kind of elaborate later that I guess earthbending is kind of like this primitive style of bending because they make a note about these like, I don't know. They made some kind of weird comments about earthbenders um, when they were on the ship that I was like, oh, maybe it's literally just that they hate earthbenders. But I was like, couldn't you just waterbend in front of them and then they would just arrest her anyway? Like, I don't I don't get that. But I guess since they're on a ship, that probably wouldn't be smart for them to arrest a waterbender. Listen, the law is if you do earthbending, then you get arrested. So she was like, if I earthbend, then... Maybe I'll get arrested. Like, I don't think they, because it's only earthbenders in that entire 
you know, city like Katara was the only waterbender in the southern hemisphere. Everyone else is from the northern hemisphere. So it's like the the um, likelihood. So they probably wouldn't make like a rule about it. Yeah. I mean, the likelihood of you running into a waterbender is like zero to none. And so they come up with this whole plan that involves faking earthbending. And basically the plan is that there's some vents and these huge rocks and they're going to have Aang blow into one of the vents with his airbending powers and it's going to like blow up through the rock. So it looks like it's levitating on the other side. And this part frustrated me because I thought that the plan wasn't going to work because Aang was like, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Like, we're just going to have such a kid. Annoying. He's (laughs) such a kid. They were just like, can you focus for literally two seconds? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, do you even know the code word? Like, do you even know when you're supposed to? He's like, yeah, go ahead. We're just going to have fun. And I was like, can you focus for like two seconds? (laughs) Like I was so frustrated watching this, but basically it works kind of awkwardly. Um, They are able to levitate it. And then at first the fire nation guys are like, Oh, it's the lemur. The lemur is levitating that rock. And they were like, dummy it's dummy bitch what are you talking about like a dummy bitch like no it's clearly this girl they just acted out this poorly made skit and so they're like oh yeah well guess we gotta imprison her and so (laughs) they bring her to the prison which is basically this huge metal ship that means that no one can earthbend and she finds out that Haru's there, his daddy's there, and all these earthbenders are there. Everybody. Everybody and they mama <laughs> is in there. And they cannot earthbend. And so they've lost all hope at this point because they're like, it's not going to work out. Like, we're not going to escape. We can't do it. It's too much. And then Katara goes on this speech, which I literally have in all caps, Katara, shut up. Because the warden is watching her as she's telling them like, hey, rebel, it's going to be great. And I just wanted to to add in here, like, this made me think about organizing and how, like, this whole episode kind of reminds me about, like, the struggles of trying to mobilize people and, like, raise their hope or take their anger and put it somewhere. And how does that, like, work into the work that we do today? So do you think, like, there's a, a comparison between, like, that episode and the work that you do with organizing with trying to mobilize folks? It does, yeah. It definitely reminds me a lot of more so like my undergraduate organizing of folks feeling like there's no real way to affect change on a college campus or that like things have been tried before and it's not going to work or that like it doesn't directly affect them or that they're okay with how things are running. And so it's really hard sometimes to get people to have that aha moment of, yeah, I should do this. It also reminds me a lot of, I just started a rural organizing type of job. And I know folks talk about how you want to emphasize the good things and the resources that rural communities already have because a lot of the conversations about rural areas is that like they don't have this they don't have this like they like are below in this and so it can kind of the rhetoric can be kind of degrading to folks who live in those areas over time and so and some people who live in rural areas are like yeah we like that we don't have big superstores we like that we don't have like a huge mall or something like that like we like the small town feel. And so when people mm-hmm. talk about it in a degrading way, they can kind of like get pissed about it, rightfully so. Um, and yeah, sometimes it can be hard to build up morale or uh, that 
will to fight back, especially if you don't have a lot of resources or um, organizing infrastructure in place in certain areas. And so that's what I was thinking of when I was watching this scene specifically. Um, But it also made me think of uh, government officials who know that people won't do super radical things sometimes because they think that like trusting the process and just voting or just doing one thing and going through one avenue will save them. Um, but they won't like burn stuff down, which we're seeing people are burning stuff down. Now. <laughs> but like something was really chilling about the way that the warden was just standing there and literally like people were going to like shut Katara up. And he literally was like, hold my beer, like watch the shit, like watch the work that I've done on these people. They are not going to rise up. And when she's done and they all just sit there and he kind of just like walks off, like hmm, told you, like they weren't going to do that shit. Like that was chilling. And it made me think of politicians who are really comfortable in their seats of power uh, because they know that certain communities may not rise up against them in certain ways. Mm. I don't know. What about you? What were your reflections? Oh, you got the hot tap hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe we'll release a picture one day of what that is. (laughs) Corbin doing the hot tap thinking My queens and kings. I mean, I just feel like the you know, go, I'm not going to say she might end up watching this one day, but um, or listening. But yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask that question, because as soon as I like I saw that scene, it made me think about how difficult sometimes it is to mobilize folks, especially when they I feel like a lot of people know what they want. And a lot of people have like the language that they need to understand what's going on. But sometimes it can be really difficult to move people from point A to point B in order to get stuff done when it comes to organizing work. So, you know, I mean, I kind of see Katara as being one of the folks. She just, she just annoying sometimes with her emotions and, you know, whatnot. But I mean, she really cares about the work that she does. And I feel like the reason why she goes so hard in this episode is because like she knows deep down that it was her fault that Haru got arrested and, you know, she barged into this man's house and, you know, forced <laughs> him to earthbend. And, you know, because of that, he's in he's in uh, jail, but also like the connection that he has between uh, she has between um, herself and Haru when she finds out like, OK, my dad is my mom is dead and she gave me this and this is the only way I feel connected to her. And then, you know, his dad is gone and the only way that he feels connected is through his his earth bending so that empathy that she has and able to place um herself in his shoes but I also feel like with organizing work and I don't want this to be like oh well I need to feel empathy and I need to like connect myself to somebody in order for them to feel like I can do this work or to feel important but you know I feel like it, any type of work you should want to do because you care for those people and and whatnot just not just because like oh well that's my mom that could be my dad that could be my sister so I'm going to to work to do this just because and it also makes me think of when people say you can't organize solely from a place of pain and I think that that is a large portion because Katara does have hope I think for a future but she also like repeatedly does kind of come back to that idea of like her root um motivation seems to be her mom 
And I'm saying that because she has said in these episodes, like, no less than five times, like, yeah, my dead mom, like, this is... <laughs> I'm sorry. I should, that's not funny. <laughs> but it's, I've also yeah. seen, like, a lot of TikToks that joke about how anytime someone brings anything up, Katara's also like, yeah, my dead mom, like, especially in the episode with Jet, which I just think that that episode is so much stuff, which is why I keep talking about it, but... When he was like, yeah, I lost both my parents. I was eight years old. And she just goes, she doesn't say like, oh, that sucks. I'm so sorry. I relate. I have this. She literally just goes, yeah, my mom died too. <laughs> like in a fire raid. And then he's like, I'm so sorry for you, which is probably the response she also should have had for him. But she was just like, no, yeah, my mom died too. It seems like trauma is the only way she's able to truly bond with somebody. Yeah. A lot of trauma bonding here. A lot of, yeah. Because there's also that kind of like, I don't think cultural capital is the right word, but just like using it as a way to build relationships and a way to uh, be able to form alliances and to link up with these people tends to be like her sharing her emotional story of her dead mom, which I understand. She's again, 15. Like she, she probably also has not seen a therapist. Like she, you know what I'm saying? She hasn't seen any Tumblr posts on how to deal with PTSD or something like that, like, or grief. So makes sense, but yeah. And so she gives that speech. The warden doesn't really care. And she then, cause Aang and Sokka told her like, okay, you have 12 hours and then we're coming to scoop you. Like we finna dip. And when they get there, she's like, no, I'm not giving up on these people. Like they can do it. They can rebel. And they realize, oh shit, they're burning stuff. There's obviously coal like on the <laughs> ship, which I wouldn't have thought of coal as like an earth bending thing. <laughs> I, the whole time was like, is that earth bending? And then I was like, do I even know what coal, coal is? is? And then I let the it earth, go. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, coal mines. Yep, that is part of the earth. <laughs> I just put two and two together. But I was like, oh, I guess it is. And here's like another scene of like where you have to think beyond what's considered to be the norm in order to get stuff done. Like there's no way they would have been able to do a ton of stuff that they're doing without like thinking outside the box. And it was a really good plan. They ended up cutting off a lot of the air vents and... Basically similar to how they fake Earthbend earlier in the episode, they use it to funnel all of the coal onto the kind of deck where all of the prisoners are. And again, Katara is trying to pull a Harriet Tubman and get all these folks out and is like, everybody, (laughs) everybody, like, get your shit together, fight back. You've got the resources, like, just do it. And then the Fire Nation dudes just really rip into these people i took one of the quotes down he says that they have (laughs) these blank hopeless faces and i put them's fighting words because that was disrespectful as fuck he was like these people are beyond help like why are you fighting for these people and suddenly as soon as they say that i wrote the earth bending people get into formation like high school musical like (laughs) because you know in high school musical when they're all in formation they know the dances and stuff but they've clearly never practiced before i was like this is choreographed like they really (laughs) they've been working on their stuff yeah they've been yeah in the lab katara really could have just been chilling and eating her rice, eating her fucking <laughs> rice, but she decided to leave these people of freedom. I need we need a we need a, a bomb here to go off <laughs> to freedom. <laughs> to freedom. <laughs> uh, 
Katara is very editing capabilities to edit that in. But yes. if I have, if I don't have that editing capability, I hope that we gave you all <laughs> at home a good audio uh, experience similar to that of uh, Miss Petty. And so basically, they fight back. This scene was awesome loved it i thought it was super cool and they all escape and they're like we're going back home we're gonna rebel against the fire nation because now we've got our confidence back we're all out of prison we have the strength in numbers to fight back and so the episode ends immediately after that and Katara's talking about, oh shit, I lost my necklace that I was just talking about that my mama had gave me. And I just have <laughs> in all caps in my notes, oh shit, Zuko copped the necklace. He copped the drip. And it's just a scene of him slowly picking up her necklace. And I guess her automatically BBS. knowing that it's hers, like, <laughs> um, because he brings it up later and he her automatically paddock. knows that it's hers. Yeah, that paddock. Um, and so that's the ep- end of episode six. We move into episode seven, the spirit world, winter solstice part one. We find that Aang is in this small earth kingdom village. They're still in these earth kingdom areas. And as they're flying over, they notice this kind of dead patch not patch, but this huge span of area that's been burned yeah. out and decimated. And they Sokka say calls it a scar. And they really have Aang has a really emotional reaction to seeing this, which I thought was a little overdramatic, but I understand why he's so upset by it. But yeah, they spend a lot of time on that. And I think I can't remember who tells him that there's new life that's coming through the acorns. It's Katara. Katara, which was super cute. I liked that. It was very much a uh lion king 2 scene where simba pulls back the dust and he's like there's this little piece of growth new life is coming have you seen lion king 2 i can't remember if you have i have but like i only watched it one time and that was it because i was like scar has a son or something yeah okay well no it's not his son he chooses him as the next quote-unquote scar like he's the heir but i don't think that he's actually his son yeah, i can't remember because he's dark-skinned yeah <laughs> well that is kind of true no because there's another dark-skinned lion but he's not chosen even though he was like the oldest one and that's part of his character arc but for listeners i haven't home, seen I it in 20 years <laughs> that movie so often it's embarrassing so i love that movie I think I watched Lion King one and a half more than I've seen Lion King two. Because Lion fair. King one and a half is very good. They both are. I think Lion King has some of the best sequels and spinoffs. I think their TV shows are good. I think oh, the TV show. The one. musical is good. I think that one and a half and two are pretty good. The live action. The live action with Beyonce. We saw the live action together for <laughs> listeners at home. And I just remember that when Nala comes on screen, Corbin was sitting next to me and just went, oh, look at Beyonce. So fine. Look at her. So fine. <laughs> Beyonce is, you know, the most important part of the show. Like young, old, it doesn't matter. Just slayed every single scene. Yes. And... They go into the village and they find out that this village is being attacked and borderline like haunted by this thing called the Heibai, which is 
a monster from the spirit world. And I made a note here because they were like, Aang, please go make peace with this spirit or whatever. And he was, I wrote down like, they always expect Aang to know how to do this stuff. Like he knows how to do it. But every episode he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) Like I have no training in this. Stop expecting me to know how to do this He's also 12 years old. Like if somebody told me at 12 to go deal with some haunted spirit, I'd be like, (laughs) I'm like, shut your mouth. Get out of my face. No, (sighs) I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, you had to go find somebody to do it because it won't be me a priest or something. And they show the spirit. And I wrote in my notes, my jaw literally dropped at the sight of this Haybai thing. That thing is terrifying. That haunts my dreams. That thing was so scary. And I literally was like, oh my God, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) And so basically... He has to go in there and calm down the Haybai. And when he tries to calm it down, he the Haybai kidnaps Sokka while also attacking the village. And I'm also wondering how there are any buildings left in this village because he is tearing that shit up. <laughs> and so <laughs> Aang tries to go after him. He gets knocked out and he ends up in the spirit world and no one can see or hear him. So he's trying to talk to Katara and she's like... <laughs> lol don't know you and while he's in the spirit world he finds out that avatar roku roku tv Uh, has a message for him (laughs) he has a message for him and i think he comes back or he has a message for him about the winter solstice and that's all he finds out via dragon don't forget about the dragon oh yeah this terrifying dragon Everything about this episode is so scary. So Aang comes back from the spirit world. And at the same time that all of this is happening, there's the plot line with Iro and my boy Zuko. Iro just be chilling. I would hate him. (laughs) Iro. (laughs) For some reason, I read as Iro. But I wrote, I would hate him because I would be so frustrated by this dude just chilling in this (laughs) bath. (laughs) Using his hot ass nostril breath listen the pill that he has listen i do the cooking and the cleaning i would make tea for him any day (laughs) oh my god i yeah no but he's just chilling in the bath and zuko's like get on the fucking ship or we're leaving and iro's (laughs) like no i'm not finna do that and so he's still chilling in the bath and uh or Iroh is still chilling in the bath. My bad. You know when Crystal, you know when uh, Kid Fury calls uh, Dwayne Wade Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening right now. Oh, damn. I'm trying not to. <laughs> but as Iroh is sitting in the bath, some people roll up. I think they were Earth Kingdom soldiers. They pull up on him and they're like, we're going to take you to our capital, Ba Sing Se. And we're going to charge you for being like a war criminal, I guess. And (laughs) basically, Iroh's like, Iroh is like, fuck that shit. I'm out. (laughs) And he uses his hot ass nose breath again, which I thought was a great move to blow his hot ass nose breath (laughs) onto the chains and burn that guy's hand on it. I thought that was slick as fuck and is almost able to escape with his fire bending powers uh even though he's like literally chained up and kind of naked and is before that even happens is able to kind of leave a clue for zuko to find him by with the flip-flop as he fell off the dirty flip-flop little thing (laughs) 
Yeah. When Zuko he's, picked it up and he was like, <laughs> he made the noise that like SpongeBob makes when he tries out Gary's food when he was like, <laughs> smell po. <laughs> yeah, that one. I think it was oh. when SpongeBob was was eating that that Sunday and he goes into the movie theater. And like mm. this guy was like, "Am I ugly?" And he smells and he makes that face. You know, <laughs> he's like, "What do you want, dear boy?" And he's like, "Oh, you know what face I'm talking about." Oh, I have to find so it good. and send it to you. But this is like the first time where we see like the introduction of Bossing Say and like what it is, like the capital of the Earth Kingdom. And you know, I, everyone knows that like if you follow me on Twitter, like. Ba Sing Se is the most interesting place ever, but we'll get to that later on into the into the season, of course. But I know you, you talked about like the, the dragon and stuff. What Appa is to Aang is what that dragon is to Roku. And I like how, you know, the spirit animal Roku has went to go find Aang and kind of like show him the ropes. So, I mean, we'll see like if something, you know, like that happens with you know other characters in a movie or like you know is appa equipped to be that same thing or Mm. like what is appa's role like if that's roku's uh, spirit animals like duty to help out and even in the afterlife like the dragons obviously did and so is roku you know like what what is appa's relationship like with ang even it's a good point and that's basically where the episode ends well before it ends ang is actually able to calm down the uh hey bye thingy and is able to save the village which is super cute because it ends up just being a panda even though it was a terrifying freaking nightmarish monster but it just turns out to be a panda and everyone comes back and they're like what just happened and i kind of wish we knew what it was like for um Sokka and them to be in the spirit world because he kind of comes out and is like, wait, what happened? Uh, so I guess he wasn't as cognizant of what was happening as Aang was. But I also have a note here that when Aang is in the spirit world, he looks like one of the gross sisters from the Prowl family. I don't know why I wrote that or what scene that specifically is in, <laughs> but I think it's because he's like kind of grayish and blue. <laughs> And so that is my only other note for this episode. But Zuko basically has to give up his search for the Avatar for a little bit so that he can go after Iroh and continue to search for him and get him before he's charged for his uh, war crimes. (laughs) So that is it for part one. Then we move into part two, Avatar Roku TV. Mm -hmm. We see the squad, the gang... They know that from the last episode, they know that they have to go to this temple that's on this island in the Fire Nation. And in the last episode, I made a note. Yeah, nah, fam, we ain't going into the Fire Nation. I wrote it. I was like, I would not go. I would. Not. <laughs> well, you know, the only reason why they they know where to go is because Aang had that vision or no, when he was in the spirit world, the um, the dragon helped him see like a vision of where to go to meet up with with Roku, you know? Yeah. I yeah I still saw that and was like I wouldn't go fuck that but you got to then at the end of the episode I was like okay I guess it was important for them to go but they end up going so that he can talk to Roku TV and they find out that there's a 
Fire Nation blockade between them and being able to get into the Fire Nation by Zhao. Is it Zhao or Zhao? Zhao. Gotcha. And Zuko is right behind them because he's like, uh, I'm finna go in there too. And they kind of like do this weird maneuvery thingy so that they can get out of the way. But Zuko basically gets hit with one of the big old fireball things that they're trying to use to attack the airbender and his squad. And it fucks up his ship a little bit. And the Fire (laughs) Nation blockade in such a shady move was like, we're not even going to go after him. Like, just let him go uh, because he will lead us straight to the Avatar, which is a pretty good plan, especially because they're ship is smoking (laughs) like (laughs) it's literally a direct smoke single signal to the avatar and i can't remember is iroh in that temple why because i remember the last episode they were like he's gonna chase after iroh but no so i can't remember where iroh is in this so he wasn't he wasn't in the um the temple it's just um it's a fire temple so it's only like fire guards fire nation guards in there Mm -hmm. they're like similar to air nomads kind of how they operate but they're like keepers of this temple and of uh roku's like statue and all that exists in there right but they haven't found like he didn't get iroh before he went to go after ang right well in the in the last um episode of in prison they do find him i think and they like he saves them from being punished or something yeah i definitely had the wrong notes for that but okay dope cool so they're all together because i was like wait a second i don't remember what happens to he's probably like somewhere east eating like a roasted duck or something like that no, I think you're right. I think he does scoop up Iroh for like before. So I'm talking he about on the boat. There. Like he's he's there. He just probably somewhere oh, yeah. eating a roasted duck. Oh, of course. Yeah, drinking some <laughs> tea. And so they go to the temple and they find out that these fire sages that were supposed to be kind of the protectors of the avatars and making sure that that still happens, they are no longer really loyal to that because when the last avatar was like went missing and there were a hundred years between the two avatars uh they became a little bit more loyal to the fire lord except for one who's a badass and i can't remember his name what was his name do you know i don't remember i think they say it but whatever badass fire (laughs) sage is what i will call him and the other sages are trying to attack them and make sure that they don't get into where avatar roku tv is hiding or where that little temple area is but that one (laughs) badass sage is like i got y'all come here and they try and get into the safe like the little area but they can't because you need like five blasts of fire bending into the door to open it Mm -hmm. and so they rightfully well Sokka has a really good idea of burning like little explosives in it and it doesn't really work but it looks like it did so when the sages come up they're like okay bet we got to just try it and open it so we can get in there before he talks to him because if he talks to him that's a problem like it's a big problem and so they do it they open it and all this hell breaks loose and somehow ang is able to 
finesse his way into the little sanctuary area so that he can talk to Avatar Roku and the door closes behind them and they can't follow after him because the Avatar Roku thingy like flashes some type of light that that (laughs) basically locks the door. And so Zhao, 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 yeah. Okay. He he comes up. Zuko's also there already, and they're all just trying to get to this damn Avatar, but they can't get to him. And when Aang's talking to Avatar Roku TV, he finds out that what we were talking about, that there's kind of a deadline on how long he has to learn how to bend all these elements. So they were like, yeah, it could take years to learn how to master one element, but you have until summer, <laughs> um, which I kind of like because it kind of, no pun intended, lights a fire under his ass to get it, get a move That's on here. eight if you've been counting at home, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> right, for the podcast drinking game. And yes. I also have a note here that Avatar Roku kind of reminds me of when Mufasa is talking to Simba with this voice. Like, it's very much like a Simba. Simba. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally have in quotations, Avatar Roku, Simba. Because <laughs> 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 that was my first thought. And he was like, you need to learn it by this time. And you have to make sure that you kill the Fire Lord. Like, that is your end of the video game villain that you have to get to. Yep. He's able to get out. Roku's like, I can protect you for like 2.5 seconds. They open the doors and he like repels, like he pushes back everybody, um, all of the firebenders and stuff, and it destroys the temple. But yeah, he burns that hole to the ground. Right. But the squad and Zuko are able to escape. I also think I have a note that, oh no, that's on the next episode. Mm. <laughs> I have a note about when uh, Katara and Zuko like, he like catches her or something and that's when he tells her that he has her mom's necklace i think that's the next episode but i was like this is the scene that probably sparked every fan fiction ever because as i was watching it i was like love this could use so much more of this but i think that is the next episode how do you feel about this episode i mean i definitely think that you know it's good to see how folks are able to learn more about roku and like uh he just kind of takes on this guardian angel of Aang like along the show like he's the one who helps him navigate through these different things it's because this is his immediate past life like Roku was there and then he died and Aang was immediately born so he knows more of Roku Roku knows more of him and can help him and I think that it's really important to note that Roku is of the Fire Nation just because like he has some experience about like the history and what happened in the last hundred years of why this is, you know, why we're facing like um, this this war, and you know, how can I uh, fight against them, and you know, how can I defeat Fire Lord Ozai? Um, so I think it was really important that that the the writers of the show set it up that way to where it was an immediate immediate person, and then there's Aang, and he has to defeat, uh, you know, the Fire Lord and restore peace throughout the world so definitely like this episode definitely think it's necessary and um you know even though like i will say like i said the last episode like roku is not my favorite one 
Um, <laughs> even though he is Aang's guardian angel, he's not my favorite avatar. And neither is Aang. Um, but, you know, we'll get more to we'll get more to why that that is. You haven't met the best one yet. Oh, that's exciting. It just gets better and better. <laughs> so we move into the next episode, which is episode nine, the waterbending scroll. I really like this episode, actually. And but also there were some parts that I was like, why didn't y'all start doing this before? So immediately Aang is like, what the fuck? I have to learn all this shit. I have to cram for this final before it happens. <laughs> it's happening tomorrow. <laughs> and I gotta, right, just literally have to cram all of this into my head. <laughs> I really wish this was on video so people could see Corbin, like, taking papers and shoving it on top of her head. <laughs> but he's like, Absorb what the fuck? Like, I have less than a year. That's so stressful. So Katara's like, well, I could go ahead and teach you waterbending since it's going to take us weeks to get to the North Pole. She should have been to teach you. I literally wrote down, why didn't they think of Katara teaching him before this? Like, I know she well, has only because like she honestly but... can't manage it. Like the first episode, yeah. the first two, like her waterbending sucks. Like she can't even like control it. Like her anger is tied to her waterbending and mm, her emotions and stuff like she can't literally not control where it goes like she meant to to whip somebody and froze somebody froze Sokka and he had to like free himself from that ice block so I think that's why because she sucks but she's getting better though like if I wanted somebody if you knew how to read or something like that or write and you just like or whatever like you're playing a game and you weren't good at it why would I want you to teach me like if you lose every single time, why would you? Why would I want you to teach me? I don't want you to teach That's me how true. to lose. But I think she does know, like at least kind of a beginner level. I mean, it ends up not really being a beginner level for Aang, but she does know like a little something, something. And I do like the little part where Aang is like, because she starts to get really frustrated when she teaches Aang some water bending tricks that she was like, "This took me months," and he gets it in literally <laughs> two point five seconds, which was. <laughs> so hurtful to watch but he makes the point like you taught yourself this like I have a teacher which is you to teach me how to do this but you didn't know how to do that so I really liked him being just a good friend there and trying to quell her jealousness but I literally wrote Katara getting jealous as fuck and it makes no sense she was just getting jealous I swear over everything yeah which I understand because she just has way too much wrapped it like you were talking about she has way too much of her first of all her identity is very much wrapped up in her waterbending um and two her all of her outside frustrations and emotions and trauma are linked to it so I kind of understand why she was like this is taking me so long and it's taking you 2.5 seconds this is literally all I know and so that was kind of hurtful but then they end up being in, they find this little town and they realize they need to get some supplies, which again, they have no money. I can't remember if they got money at this point. I don't think they did. They no one has given steal. them money. I don't know how they're scamming their way through all these towns, but they somehow be still they are. I respect it. I really do. But they're <laughs> in town and Katara finds this waterbending scroll at this store and they find out that it's on this pirate ship. 
right on this pirate ship and they realize that all them niggas are pirates because they got this scroll for free and they're selling it for however much money and i have a note here that ang's the type to fall for a forex scheme because he's so easily yeah. <laughs> like able to be fooled by these pirates and so i was Just like oh, yeah, he's the type to fall for these pyramid schemes on instagram but Basically, Katara steals it. And I wish she had just told them that she stole it and been like, y'all, move, let's go. But she just kind of is awkwardly holding it under her coat and doesn't tell them. And it's just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Obviously, the pirates come after them and they're like, what's the problem? And Katara's like, well, I kind of sort of stole this scroll. I mean, you can tell like she hadn't stolen before because, you know, when like you go to the store with some, well... I'm not. Well, yes, I am. You go to the store with someone, and you can tell they haven't stolen anything before, and they just like they steal something, and they just being so awkward with it. I'm like, don't say nothing. Like, be cool. Like, yeah, she was not hiding it very well. Even I think it's supposed to be obvious to the what to the viewers, but even I was like, she definitely stole that shit, and they're able to get away from the pirates <laughs> that are trying to get their shit back. And while they're out camping, Katara is still struggling to figure out how to do the moves that are in this little scroll thingy. And Aang is just like, got it, got it, got it. Doing great. Loving this. I'm the best. Whoop, whoop. And basically, Katara is like literally she's just boiling over the pot. She is so pissed. And so in the middle of the night, she sneaks the out from the boiling. camp. The water is boiling. That's a good one. That's a good pun. <laughs> <laughs> How punny. Water pu- water pun one. Avery 16. <laughs> so, you know, this is what we're going to do. Avery's going to do uh, fire puns. I'm going to do water. If you're counting, that's one for me. Uh, what a 20 say. for me. <laughs> yes. Take a shot of hip- hypnotic if you got it fireball for avery that's how we're gonna do it oh that's so good what's the one for air is it gonna be something clear like vodka or Everclear? <laughs> no it's not <laughs> see i knew you oh. was gonna say that see i always love to plug a nice Everclear. hey kids if you haven't drink drank anything you drink before Everclear, try like, Everclear I think first you, you advocate for like death like <laughs> Ab- the correlation like, mm-hmm. of people who believe in the death penalty and who drink Everclear straight nah, probably see, does over- <laughs> If you drink white, then you probably love getting in fights. That's what they be saying. And that's, white yeah, makes you that's fight. a pretty fair assumption. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I would stick with that. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm much more volatile when I'm drinking <laughs> light liquor. But So what, what is like Earth? What would that be considered? What? I don't know. I'm asking. What would what be considered? If you like Earth, if you would make a make an Earth pun. I mean, I feel like we. Oh. Well, I did make one. Well, Sokka made it when he said, "Well, what if that nigga's name is Rocky?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear a cough in the background. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that when you tell a bad joke. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that can just be our. See, I joke. hope somebody does that in your classroom when you you be teaching. It has happened. I, yeah. Well, not totally, but I do see (laughs) students. I think that they definitely do text their friends my bad jokes on their computers. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. (laughs) I'm so sure they do. They're probably like, ugh, 
My TA really <laughs> thinks that they're super funny, but they are not. But yeah. back but to my professor. Uh, These oh. corny ass jokes. <laughs> <laughs> whack. This teacher, whack. whack. <laughs> Their shoes, whack. Their fit, whack. <laughs> but back to the show. Um, <laughs> so. Katara sneaks out in the middle of the night. She's like, I got to cram and study how to do this and get it right. And she just, the more frustrated she gets, the more frustrating it is to watch her try and water bends uh, throughout the end of this episode. But because she's doing it, she's sitting there like, shit, I can't get it right. Fuck. Like, she's just like losing her mind. <laughs> and it's so loud that Zuko is able to hear the fact that she's doing it and that tips them off as to where she is and he comes up and he grabs her and <laughs> <laughs> like the tattletale strangler <laughs> gotcha see oh my god she didn't have to be so loud <laughs> cancer letting her emotions get to her no i loved it uh i was like keep grabbing her it's great but <laughs> i was like come on tension <laughs> i was like chanting in the back like pumping my fist like whoop, whoop. <laughs> see i am not uh, a zuko guitarist stand. i feel like uh, they're I terrible am. for each other could you imagine them like actually being together? Oh no, it would be awful. But exactly, I feel like there's a correlation to people who read fan fiction and people who probably stand Zuko and Katara. I really feel like there's a correlation there because this would be a great fan fiction. I could see it immediately, and I'm sure that it already exists. Um, I haven't looked, but I'm sure that there is. I think that there. Zuko and Katara, like I said, um, the in the first episode, like the reason why they get each other so much and why there's so much chemistry is solely based on the fact that they have so much trauma in their life that's family-based. They get yeah. each other from that. Like, I know, you know, Aang lost everyone, but he was raised by monks. Like, the only person he really lost was, um, was Gyatso. Yeah. He so lost people like, that have been dead for 100 years. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not as... Yeah, as they both got mommy issues that oh we learn of in the show. <laughs> Come on, mommy like, issues. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and daddy issues that's tied to mommy. So, yeah. <laughs> Something about mommy issues is really, just really funny. Again, happy Father's Day if you're celebrating right. that. <laughs> you because, know. again, for listeners at home, we are recording all of this on the same day. <laughs> So you've heard two Father's Day jokes a week <laughs> apart. And when this comes out, it'll probably be a week after Father's Day. So <laughs> Father's Day will be long gone. But yes, so basically they run into the pirates. So Zuko runs into the pirates um, and is like, hey, I got this scroll. If y'all get me Aang, I will trade you this scroll for Aang. He doesn't tell him that doesn't tell the pirates that Aang is the avatar obviously because that'd be stupid and so the pirates go ahead and capture Aang, Katara, Sokka and Sokka basically pulls this great move and tells them like hey pirates woohoo that's the avatar he's way more money than that fucking scroll is worth like you could that's like a hundred scrolls right there I don't think this is a fair trade 
and basically the pirates turn against Zuko. Yes, that's how much he's worth. Then, right, then there's a huge fight that breaks out. It's pretty cool. And... Oh, oh, I have this note here. So when they go to Qatar and Aang are able to like escape and try and steal the boats. I think it's the pirate boat that they're trying to steal. And Katara says something like a team of rhinos. Like we would need that to get this boat out. And Aang goes a team of rhinos or two waterbenders, which was really cute because again, he's just validating her, her, See, her abilities That's what she needs. Her that man is so validate cute. her. But um, yes, then they're Avery. both able to <laughs> they're both able to move the boats, and at the same time, the pirates steal Zuko's boat. And, and uh, I love the quote from Iroh about something about you're so busy fighting, but someone's stealing your boat. And he was like, "Is that a fucking proverb?" And he was like, "No, someone's literally stealing your boat." And then he was like, "Wait, that actually should be a proverb." <laughs> Or something like that, which I loved. I thought that was a cute little joke. And so the team, the little squad is on the pirate's boat. They're about to go over the edge of this waterfall. They're trying to stop themselves from going over it, which doesn't really matter because the pirates ram into them with their boat that they're riding on, which is Zuko's boat. And they all flip off this waterfall. <laughs> but Aang luckily had bought that bison whistle that sounds like it doesn't work, but it really does. And they are saved by Appa and they escape. But now Zuko has no boats. I also have a note here that says, Zuko can save me from pirates anytime. That is my note for this episode. Can't remember what that's in context oh to, but it's there. <laughs> See, I think I hate that Aang has that whistle because it's like, like, why did you buy this? Yeah. You know, like there was, there was no reason for you to buy this thing. Yeah. I could have bought some food with that. Also. Or traded it for some food. I love the fact that, speaking of Iroh, I love the fact that the only reason Zuko and Iroh are even in this town is because Iroh's like, I lost my lotus tile! And then he realizes that oh, he yeah. is jokingly like, actually, it's been in my sleeve the whole time, but he has a really great line when they're in the town that there's no lotus tiles anywhere, but I always say the only thing better than finding something you were looking for is finding something you weren't looking for at a great bargain, which I put that that should be the Target tagline for forever because that is exactly what it is like shopping at Target. And But I just thought that that was really fun. And so that is where our heroes are at at the end of episode nine, going mm-hmm. into episode 10, which is wild as fuck. I call this the rise of Zuko, but the actual episode title is Jet. The rise really- of Zuko? <laughs> Sokka, That's what not you... Zuko. <laughs> I meant Sokka. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what did he do in this episode? Yeah, I don't think I really have many notes for Zuko in this episode. Mm-mm. I can't remember what he was even doing. I don't think he's nah. in it. We, uh, um, we bring in a new villain here. A new antagonist. Which, this guy is creepy as fuck. But they really lay on the romance aspect really thick with the little music and the the scene color changes to pink when he's holding Katara. What the fuck ever? Anyway, the episode opens up. Sokka being like, hey, so I think that Zuko has been tracking us because we've been in the air and a flying bison is really obvious and my instincts say we should walk. 
which I still hold that that's a really great idea. Even though they get caught, I still think that that was a really good call on his part because it is a literal flying bison. And Katara has this annoying line of, I bet you wouldn't be so bossy if you kissed a girl. Like, girl, what? What did that have to do with anything? But a girl kissed him, so what? Right, and he did. So what? Uh, period, poo. And <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> but basically, they are rescued by Jet and his little crew because Sokka accidentally leads them into this Fire Nation camp with a bunch of soldiers. And so they're like, oh, gotcha, bitch. And so Jet comes and saves them with his little band of misfits, trying to be mm-hmm. a faux Robin Hood type. Robin Hood. And he calls them his freedom fighters. And I wrote, Jet is a freedom fighter and he taught us how to fight. Say what? <laughs> yes. Let the church say period. Uh, that's the chance I'm Shakur, using at the next protest. Ella Baker, Jet. <laughs> Angela Ida Davis, Wells, Harriet Tubman, Jet. Jet. <laughs> All of them. Yes. Bell Hooks, uh. Jet. <laughs> and I just have a note that says, I don't trust Jet. And, you know, I put in my notes, I said uh, the difference between. So you got, I, I know I put this on Twitter, but, you know, I always like to compare. You got Killmonger and Jet, and you need to overthrow. Mm. The system, who do you choose? Mm. Killmonger. Why? Because I feel like Killmonger... They're both the same person, but I just want to hear They you, are the same person. Are. I feel like... I don't know if I could choose between the two of them. I think that they're... Like you said, I think they are very much similar people. They both use sex appeal to get what they want. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he really did kill our good sis right before... <laughs> Like, he just didn't even care, <laughs> which is almost worse because they were, I guess they were like a Bonnie and Clyde duo or something. And then he was like, psych, nigga. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Who would you choose if you had to choose to overthrow the government? I would choose myself. That's not an option. So if you want to choose <laughs> Jet or Killmonger, who would you choose? I mean, all black would, everything would be my motto, probably. I mean, Jet is also a man of color, so... You know, so is Katara. He's a um, non-black person of color. Yeah, that's what he is. I feel like Jet is less violent. Um, I also feel like Killmonger has the ability to change and see why, um, you know... I don't know. Like I, I throughout the show, like of of course Jet comes back, but you'll you'll see what I'm talking about, especially in, in season two. But yeah. Oh, I didn't know he comes back. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> I feel like everybody in this every just know that everyone in the show at some point in time comes back to do something. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Like everything is full circle. But yeah, so he takes them back to his little uh, group bachelor pad, their little uh, headquarters in the trees, in the trees <laughs> way up in like the trees. Like some monkeys. <laughs> um, 
all up in the trees. And so he's basically Tarzan, especially in, when him and Aang are fighting in the trees. I was like, this man is borderline Tarzan. Basically, Jet's really laying on the romance thick with Katara and Katara loves it. They both have dead mamas. So she loves that. So she can talk about that some more. Um, but Sokka's like, I don't trust this man. Um and like we should go i get bad vibes like bad vibes and he's basically like we need to dip and jet's like but i need you for this mission and when they but i need you right but i need you and the mission ends up being them robbing and beating up this old man from the fire nation who doesn't seem to actually be any threat to them even though he says like oh there was a knife he had a knife with poison in it and Sokka was like there was no fucking knife like you lying ass nigga like there was no knife I did Listen, not see he's it. the oppressor he is he look I was like this seems like when police like plant like guns and stuff on victims bodies and stuff I was like I don't trust this man Sokka's basically like leaves this guy alone like and he stands up for him basically that just makes Sokka even more fucking like irritated with this man and I literally put Katara ain't shit I'm sorry she getting on my nerves (laughs) (laughs) because the whole episode she's basically like Sokka but like I totally trust Jet. I got to hear his side of the story because Sokka's like, Katara, this man is not shit. And she's like, <laughs> but like, he wouldn't do that, Sokka. Oh my God. Yes, he would. Yes, you he don't know. Would. We've known him for a day. <laughs> I was you like, don't know this you've man. known your brother for how long versus this man that you met literally 12 hours ago. He is not that hot for you to be acting like this, sis. Anyways. Is he? I think he's supposed to be super, super hot. But even then, like you just met him and he does have very sketchy vibes. Like even his face kind of looks a little like, <laughs> like borderline evil. I don't know. The way they contour his face is really dark. Uh. But, like very, I don't know. He just gives me very creepy vibes. I don't know what it is. He's got that like that wheat. He's got that borderline his- like Jafar angled face. Like... <laughs> Like, it's too chiseled. It freaks me out. They really, like, contoured the fuck out of his jawline. And I just, it, it creeps me out. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, if you ran your finger against it, you'd have a cut. Exactly. Which I'm sure Katara bleeding. would love to run her finger on his jawline. <laughs> but what about Aang? He's always been there. Supports her waterbending. But Aang's not giving you sex appeal. <laughs> you feel me? Like, Aang is 12. Aang does not have a chiseled jaw. Aang's got baby face still. <laughs> little baby voice this little baby fits he just wants to ride on the penguins and such but (laughs) basically ang and katara and ang doesn't really trust jet that much but he's kind of just like well katara says we're gonna stay so i guess we're gonna stay and jet's like we're gonna save this nearby um earth kingdom town from the fire nation because they've been occupying them for a while but in reality, his whole plan is to just drown out the entire city with the Fire Nation and the civilians just to get rid of the Fire Nation, um, which is a choice, I guess. <laughs> and Sokka <laughs> finds him out and he's like, oh, no, <laughs> we're not finna do that. And so secretly Sokka is able to evacuate the entire city, including the Fire Nation people, in order to make sure that 
Jet is not able to overflow them. And even throughout the plan, Katara is trusting this man um, up until the very end when she realizes that he's evil. Because she's stupid. And I have a note here because suddenly Katara (laughs) is Elsa. Like suddenly she can do like that frozen shit because she like and I know she does it accidentally with Sokka earlier but like she blasts this man and just like blows her icy breath and her cool mint breath and freezes this man have you like seen Elsa. Uh, shark boy and lava girl when that yes. little girl yes. loves the princess and she like blows on whoever that's exactly and, that uh, so she's yeah. the ice queen apparently waterbenders can also be elsa that's great that's really cool frozone vibes but yeah it's up until like that very last moment that she believes him and that is the end of that episode is them being able to well Sokka really coming through the rise of Sokka, not zuko because yeah. he's not in this episode well because even though Sokka <laughs> is is like still trying to grow as this leader and still trying to figure out like what his courage and and like his confidence looks like to lead people Mm -hmm. and and stuff and he's supposed to protect his sister and be nice to his sister he's never really been in i would say the wrong for trying to protect her because like even though ang was there and like you know signaled the fire nation to come on accident like i feel like he was right to be like okay well you need to go because right they're gonna come and tear up our, our tribe and then with 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 jet too like Sokka has no no reason to be you know mistrusting him like even though that's his sister and like he's gonna like like i feel like any brother would attempt to like make his sister seem goofy or like block any type of action that they may have going on but like he genuinely has done stuff for the right reasons i feel like throughout um these first 10 10 episodes to protect his sister and ang Mm -hmm. i definitely yeah i was tired of people sleeping on Sokka this whole episode and it really almost came out of nowhere that they were because i know that he's kind of played off as a comedic character for most of the show but even Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the episode they yeah they kind of dismiss all of his intuition and they make fun of his intuition the entire episode and then it ends with a joke on his intuition because he ends up flying uh appa in the wrong direction of where they're supposed to be going and so it really did frustrate me the whole episode that they were just writing off all of his thoughts that made sense like (laughs) nothing that he said was wrong in this episode except for that very last part of being in the don't be sleeping on my guy right don't sleep on him and so i just really got he's the whole reason all of them that appa is able to fly anyways you know like in the first episode like appa wasn't flying until Sokka Mm -hmm. said yip yip you know Mm. i didn't even catch that wow he said wahoo (laughs) shout out to my (laughs) guy did that but yes, that is the end of episode 10. How are you feeling about this second section of episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what you think about what happens in the next half. Like when we finish out the season, uh, what's going to happen when, you know, they make it to the North Pole or do they? So like, I'm I'm excited to see your reaction uh, to those things and um you know season two is gonna be 
even more wild. I feel like season two, that one was was the best season just because there's so much that happens. So and we get to meet some even more like ridiculous characters, even more insidious characters. So like Zuko's sister. Yeah. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens and what you think happens. And even though I've watched the show four times already, but we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, four times already. Yeah, I wanted to make predictions before this episode was over, but I actually don't even know if I have many predictions. I Let's think hear I tried to think of when Zuko joins because i know that he joins the squad i know that he joins the gang or whatever at some point just because of tiktoks because i keep getting sent tiktoks or they keep coming up on my page and my twitter keeps having a lot of spoilers just because a lot of people i know watch the show and i try to scroll past them if they look like things i don't know or things that i could figure out but i think i do know that he ends up joining the squad and I want to say, if I was to guess when he joins, I want to say, I'm going to try and pick an episode number. Hmm. I want to say like halfway through season two, I'm going to hmm. guess episode. Hmm. Because I feel like that would be a really good high point of the season if it was in the middle. But I also feel like I don't yeah. know if that's how they because they seem to have more of like a crescendo type of arc. Whereas some come shows on, will kind of have like a second wind of an arc in the middle and then they come back and they have a second wind of a. Uh, that's arc a very good word. In the end. And so I feel like maybe. Oh, maybe it's closer to the end of season two. So maybe like episode 14 season two is my putting in locking in my final answer of what that's going to be and i think i'm trying to decide when ang and katara end up together because i know that they do yeah i feel like zuko is gonna delay them getting together i know that there's not like true romantic things between them i guess but I'm going to guess that maybe that's like the season two finale. Um, yeah. But also it could be like season three because I feel like adventure shows and movies, romance arcs tend to move a little bit slower because they have, they're like, we're literally f doing all this other shit. Like we don't have time to date. Like yeah. <laughs> who knows? We have to save the world. Right. We got to do all this stuff. And so maybe like episode one of season three. Yeah. Which, for that episode, I know that we have Ruchi, who's a friend of both of us. Um, and I have a note that says she has a very specific rant that she needs to say curse words on for episodes 1 through 11 of season 3. <laughs> but, yeah, those are my predictions so far of when things will happen. We'll see if that changes. Uh, I have no idea if those are close or not, but... That is it for this episode of Avatar, and that is yes. it for this episode of the podcast. Corbin, where can the people find you? Where can they plug into your life, your work, all of the things? Yes. So follow me on Twitter and TikTok. I forgot that my names are the same for TikTok <laughs> and Twitter, which is Corbin underscore forever. And then for Instagram, if you want to follow me, I might accept your request. <laughs> um, it is at Corbin with six N's. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spell it out, but yeah, follow me <laughs> on both of those things. You're right. You've already done that. You're already caught up. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And if folks want to find me, I'm at at Black Baby Gap <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And there's no A in the black. So just B L C K Baby Gap. The A does not because stand the for A. Amy. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Or it should. Maybe I should keep that. But all right, that is it for this episode. So everyone at home, just uh, stay black and make sure to cough after really bad jokes. That's right. And, you know, if you ever tell a a firebending joke, take a shot of Everclear. (laughs) If you hear if you hear every time one, take a shot. (laughs) Yes, a fire. Well, not Everclear. Fireball whiskey. There it is. And then if you're telling a water bending joke or if you hear me say one, then you have to take a shot of hypnotic. You hear one one of us say it together, you gotta mix them <laughs> and have a real good time. Oh my god. <laughs> there we go. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh protect your cabbages. That's right. Right. Hold on to those cabbages. Really get a <laughs> one of those baby slings, but for cabbages so you can save at least one of them. <laughs>